Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here we go. Come on, Bobby. Bobby Bones. Transmitting across America. Turn it up. Now, this is the Bobby Bones Show. Let's go. Hope you guys had a great weekend. We are back to hang out with you. Let me say morning, studio. Morning. morning. Uh, the question is if, like a bank, gives you too much money, do you keep it? You know, we always talk about this. If you find money, do you keep it? And it's almost every time no, unless your lunchbox, and it's almost every time <laughs> yes. Um, you got paid too much once at work, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And and, you, no, no, I, 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 at the ATM, I put uh, checks in, and it gave me an extra $450. That's what it was. And booked my flights to Vegas. What you, up? You went to Vegas, yeah. That's right. Now, Amy, wife. Amy's been paid too much by work. Yeah, it can't be right. <laughs> It's, I, it just, it can't, I don't even know how it adds up to being right. Yeah, and what'd you do? You just keep it, right? You, <laughs> you just go to Vegas. Well, I mean, now I... You squirreled away like a little squirrel, put those little acorns in your mouth, you just hide it over here. Now, obviously, I think I need to say something or I wouldn't talk about it on air, because obviously, I think some of our bosses might hear and be like, hmm, let's get with accounting. Hmm, but yeah, definitely got too much. Was it, was it so big? Noticeably, like wow, I think, I'm thinking you know big. how they, you know how they add a zero, maybe. Oh, oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! A zero! Oh my gosh! They paid you that much more? Wow! <laughs> now here's the thing: <laughs> our, our job is weird too because we do different stuff. Totally weird. We're almost like freelance. We have a salary, but then we also are freelance, and if we do different stuff for clients, you know, they pay us to do it. Appearances, yes. spots, endorsements, uh, other. You think they added a zero to your paycheck? It just was definitely off. Something was off, but that's the thing. It's not itemized. You know, when you go to your, to look at your pay, it is not totally broken down. You have to say something. 
That's well, obviously, that's why I'm saying it on here. So this I, is me covering my bases. Amy, you don't have to say it. You can tell them, oh, that was just hypothetical. <laughs> like, if they come to you and be like, no, I was just joking. They're like, hearing this right now, though. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be hypothetical if it really happened. Yes. If they look and it really happened. It's also if I'm saying it happened and then he's telling me to say it's hypothetical and they hear this. That doesn't do anything for yeah. me. But you know you do tell them? Money gone. Sorry. <laughs> uh-uh. So that money you got, because you went to Vegas, they paid you too much. You took it to Vegas. Yep. And then money gone. Sorry. But then and really then, what? And then a couple months later, they <laughs> sent me a letter in the mail letting me know they removed it from my account. <laughs> oh, money gone. Sorry. Money, from you. Right. Did they sign it? Money gone. <laughs> yeah, they said sorry. money gone. Sorry. <laughs> Did you get excited for a minute because you thought you had made much more on this check? Yeah, I just was. Well, I was instantly perplexed. Mm-hmm. So dang a whole zero. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money. Wow. Who are you going to call? I, I don't know. Who do yeah, I call? Exactly. There's no one to call. That's I, right. Everybody's out of the building because COVID. Uh, COVID. No one's in the building. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I sorry. Call. It'll be probably somebody in San Antonio or mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. and I got to have my employee ID number ready because mm-hmm. this seems like official business. <laughs> so what you do, Amy, you just say you tried to call. No one answered. <laughs> okay. Tried to call. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no one answered. Sorry. Let us know. That could be awesome if it's real, though. That's the hope. You cross your fingers and go, maybe Come that's on. real. Maybe they... That's awesome. Yeah, we'll good see. Luck. Good luck. Thanks. Um, okay, who would who would call? Who would call? Or who would just wait it out to see if they come back and get it? I would wait it out. Exactly. For sure. There's no there's no harm in that. Yeah, just wait. But you save it. Don't spend no, it. No, I wouldn't spend it like Lunchbox. Yeah. Okay. Ray, what would you do? Take the money and I'd close the account. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. But your, your job. You're, you're still like working you're... with them. I guess if you were quitting. Idiots. Right. Idiots. No, and Ray's like, I take the, I close the account. I moved to, to Mexico. I changed my name. <laughs> no. Not for that. Um, this is what I would do. I would call because eventually they're going to come for it anyway. Yeah. And so I would want the peace of mind either way to know you're getting the money back or I'm keeping the money. I just don't want to sit here in limbo because you're not going to – I would call. Hey, if you do wait, how long is the green light of like, hey, man, they haven't called in so long? Three months. It's mine. Like three to six months. Wow. See, I would wait it out for those three months. Uh, No way. I would call. You're saying in case they miss it, miss it? Exactly. Oh, oh, three months maybe it's I wouldn't call. But then what is the, how long can it go before they ask for it back? I'll just Google statute of limitations forever. <laughs> don't Google statute of limitations. Don't Google that. I'm not, I, obviously I'm going to call because I mm-hmm. shared this with you to, we, so we could talk about it. Call and then let us know. I'm okay, not going to take, call? Like, yeah. call and what? Mm. What? Just say that it was a lot less than what it was. Be like, I think you guys owe 10, 10, give me 10 bucks extra. <laughs> That's one zero, 10. <laughs> okay, update us, okay? Okay. All right, let's go over and open up the mailbag. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. All right, good morning, Bobby Bones. My boyfriend and I have been dating for two years and have lived together for a year. He still keeps his wedding ring from his divorce, and it makes me feel weird. After my divorce... That was the first thing I hawked. He says he keeps it because it reminds him of his kids and family, and it's sentimental. This kind of hurts my feelings. When we combined houses and kids, I thought we were his family now. Am I overthinking it? Signed, A. A, you are not overthinking it. That is weird. That is, um, makes me feel uncomfortable for you. I don't feel like a ring that signifies a bond should be kept, especially somewhere where you can see it whenever you're with the guy now. That's bizarre. Amy? I don't think it's that weird. To keep a wedding ring Whoa, right I, now? I, I, well, okay. He can move it somewhere 
in safekeeping so you don't have know. to have it out. But I just, I just do not think it's that weird. Like, I right now I'm wearing my mom's wedding ring that I inherited when she died that my parents got divorced in the 90s and she held on to it. She didn't get rid of it. She didn't sell it. Yeah, but that's was, to you. Did she get married again? That was that, that's, that's the difference. She didn't, but I guarantee you she would have kept it in a drawer. And then it's something my sister and I inherited. She would have just kept it. Like, she didn't feel the need to just sell it and get rid of it, even though... It wasn't. If she were to get married again, I think her new husband would have a, an issue if the ring was just chilling. I don't think so. Mm. I would not. I think have it's an completely issue. weird. I think it's completely. It. Why do you want to keep an old wedding ring unless it was something that was passed down from generations? If it's just something he went to the store and bought and gave to you, I feel like that's weird, and I feel like it's uh, not the healthiest thing to keep around for her as well. Okay, we're one to one, Eddie. I think he's holding on to a past life. I think he's just, he keeps it around to remember. That's kind of weird. His kids. Uh, Pictures. The ki- but the, the marriage, it's it's about the marriage, not so much the family yeah, and the Yeah, ring doesn't represent kids. Yes. But like, so, could he give it to a kid down the line? Maybe. Does he, where does he keep this thing where she sees give it all it, the time? I don't It doesn't say. Like, I feel like if you're going to keep something like hide that, it. hide it. Yeah. yeah, put it away. No, not put it away. Hide it and never <laughs> say you had it. Right. Oh, well, I don't care about that. Yeah, I I feel like that's a bit disrespectful. I'm with you. It's, wow. it's, it's very weird. Mm-hmm. Huh. Especially if it wasn't one passed down. You're with somebody new. A ring represents a bond between two people, not yeah, kids. The marriage. There are a lot of things that represent kids. Wedding ring. I just do not feel strongly about this Watch at all. Box. Listen, he's hoping the old lady's coming back and he's going to be able to use that <laughs> ring again. That no. ring is him yeah. holding out hope. They're getting back together. It's absolutely weird. And just okay. if if I was married to a chick and she had been divorced before and she's hanging on to some ring, guess what? what? That ring goes or she goes. Oh, okay. Morgan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree with y'all. Like, I, I, unless it was a family ring, I wouldn't keep it. There's no reason for me to keep it. No reason. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, but so... Okay, this makes me think of my mom was married before my dad, and she had her first wedding ring turned into a necklace, and she had it her whole marriage to my dad. I don't know what they did back in, like, the 70s. <laughs> I'm just saying, but I, but, maybe that's why it's not a big deal to me, because, like, I've just seen And maybe seen that's why jewelry. they didn't stay married, because your dad was like, why are you wearing that ring? No, oh. that's then not she why. she was like, see? That's, yeah, no, that's definitely not why. But, <laughs> but maybe that that's, oh. I'm trying to figure out why I don't see it as that big of a deal, maybe because, like, I was used to seeing jewelry from past relationships in my family. If she didn't think it was a big deal and it was around, I would be like, cool. That's But I do feel like that could be something... That is unhealthy for her to have to. Yeah. To know so what does she do? Does she tell him? I think she flushes it and be like, "Hey, oh, never, never it? brings it up again." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a conversation. It's a conversation. Maybe he pawns it, and maybe he just uh, gives it to a kid. I don't know. I think it has to go though. Mm. All right. Thank you, A, for the email. We appreciate that. Close up the mailbag. We got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. <laughs> All right, on the phone right now is Abby. Abby, thank you for calling the Bobby Bone Show. What's going on? Hey, Bobby. I have a question that has been brewing since you and Caitlin got married. Okay. I thought this whole time your last name was actually Bones until you got married and Caitlin started posting your real last name. So I know I could Google this and figure out how you got Bones, but I really wanted to hear it from you, how you ended up with the name Bobby Bones. And I've never said Bones was my real last name for listeners. I've always said, hey, it's not. And every once in a while, I'd be like, this is my real last name. But then I felt like I was going to get identity, my identity stolen. But now that I have LifeLock by Norton, I don't. <laughs> um, so when I was 17, 
18, around that, that area there, I went to my first ever radio station. Um, I applied at a country station called US 97. They didn't want to hire a teenager. Okay. So I went to KLAZ 105.9, Hot Springs, Arkansas. And I said, hey, I'll do whatever you need. And they said, okay, well, we don't want you on the air because you're an idiot kid. And I said, okay, well, what can I do? I switched out the CD of the Rick D's Weekly Countdown. And that was like uh, an old DJ going, all right, number 32 this week. I mean, I basically do it now for a country countdown. I switched out the CD because halfway through, it took a different CD. Um, and I cleaned the lobby. Well, that was my job. And I didn't do it very long, but there was a guy at the radio station who got caught stealing equipment, like uh, little sound things. And so they said, well, we need somebody to get on the air pretty quickly. And this is like a Thursday or something. And they needed someone on Saturday night. And they said, Bobby, you will go on the air. Because I've been waiting. I've been telling them. I want to go on the air. I made sure they knew what my, what my goals were. And they said, okay, we're going to put you on the air. And they said, you have two options. Bobby Z or Bobby Bones. And I remember thinking, they're both terrible. And, but I didn't want to give any sort of pushback. And I would be like, what if we do something else? I was a kid. I just wanted to be on the air. And I thought for sure, if I take one of these ridiculous names, it'll change in a couple years or it'll change the week after. And I said, I'll go with Bobby Bones because at least that kind of sounds like a person. Yes, like a pirate. That's what it sounded like to me. Bobby Bones. <laughs> but I'll be Bobby Bones. And so uh, his name was Kevin Cruz who gave me that name. And every place that I went, I was connected with the last place I was. So when I went to, from Hot Springs, Arkansas to Little Rock, I'd already been heard in a lot of the central Arkansas area, so I had to keep the same name. When I went to Little Rock to Austin, Texas, I was already like voice tracking nights in Austin as Bobby. So I just never shook it. So here I am today. I'm still waiting to change it. I can't wait to change it. Too late now. Too, yeah, yeah. It probably yeah. is. Your bones now. But that's where it comes from. It was given to me. It is... I was always embarrassed of it. I never liked it. I'm always a little embarrassed when I meet somebody who doesn't really know what I do and someone goes, yeah, this is Bobby Bones. And they're like, that's your name? And I'm like, well, yeah, kind of. But that's where it comes from. And yes, my wife, she would rather die than be Caitlin Bones. <laughs> die? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. She would rather die than be called Caitlin Bones. And so uh, she is not Caitlin Bones. And good for her because uh, she, she is not the wife of... The radio named person. She is the wife of the guy she married. And so that's the situation. My real name is not Bones, but it is Bobby. And I was forced to have that name. And that's the, that's the story. That's really awesome. Thanks so much for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. Now I've, I want to change it again. Now I'm back to that spot. <laughs> but I can't. It is. I always thought if I do end up running for office, I'll have to change my middle name to Bones. So I can at least. So, so they people know who you so, are. Yeah, yeah. So I can put the whole thing on the sign. And not put a nickname up, you know? So it's, they don't go looking to vote for Bobby Bones on the ballot. It's not there. Yeah. Um, so but that's it. That's, Mike, what do you call that? Well, a story, a super, an origin, origin story? story? And that's an origin story wow. of a super, eh, not a superhero. No. <laughs> it's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. This truck driver, Shahid Davis, spent 20 bucks on lunch. He ordered tacos and a burrito from Chipotle. But when he tracked his meal, he realized it was being delivered 930 miles away to his old house. Oh, I've done this before, too. <laughs> but I've done it with, like, work and home. Yeah. Oh, it's like in Austin. <laughs> He's sending him over no, to No, <laughs> no. But I'll be at home, and I forgot I'd order stuff here to the building. And I'll order something, and I'll be like, where is it? One minute away. And I'll go outside and wait. And they don't show up. And I call. I'm like, hey. They're like, hey, we dropped it off in front of the building. 
Oh no, I look at it <laughs> and I waited an hour for it to be delivered at work. Uh, Forgot to switch it. Yes. That's like that time I was in North Carolina and started driving to your house in, in Austin, in Texas. Austin. Yep. Because she had pushed I, home on the GPS. Oh my goodness. I'd given her he a GPS. Me, he gave it to me. Yeah, he didn't need it anymore. She was living in North Carolina, so she started driving to my home. I was on half, a highway in the hour. rain, like driving the wrong direction. I pulled over and just started crying. How far did you make it? Tennessee? Well, I don't even know because I, I had just moved <laughs> to North saw Carolina. saw the, the state sign and she's like, something ain't right about <laughs> yeah, this. I was like, this is not right. Ugh. So he tracked his meal again. He realized it was being delivered to his old house. Um, so he felt guilty for wasting the driver's time. So he says, hey, enjoy the lunch. And he told him what happened. The driver thanked him. Say, I want to thank you again. It's my brother's birthday, and he is laid to rest not far from where you had me take this delivery. I'm having lunch with him today because of you. You had no idea how much this means to me. Oh, well, that cool. worked Even out. a very small gesture absolutely affected this guy's life. Yeah. So I wanted to share that with you guys. That right there is what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. All right, next up, we're going to play Pick a Bit. Okay. I've got three options for the bit we're going to do next. Now, two of them are rollovers from last week. Bit number one. Lunchbox sent it in. He says, has anyone seen me on the news? (laughs) This one got passed over last time. But the bit is, Lunchbox going, has anyone seen me on the news? That's all I'll say. Bit number two is from Raymundo, who runs our audio. He said he got in trouble, almost kicked out of the gym for doing something inappropriate, and he wants to know how we feel about it. That's number two. Number three is from Eddie. Someone has been stealing money from his kids' wallets. They get like an allowance. And he finally, after a lot of time, figured out exactly who the thief was. So we have three options. Uh, Amy Morgan, myself, we're going to vote. Which would you like to hear? Lunchboxes, has anyone seen him on the news? Ray's getting kicked out of the gym for doing something inappropriate or... People stealing money from Eddie's kids' wallets. Morgan? I think I want to know what happened with Ray at the gym. (laughs) Because, I mean, we heard these Ray stories, and it's like, oh, I took a picture in the mirror. It's like, okay. So you're saying the Ray one will be lame. Yes. every All of Ray's stories are clickbait. Would you agree, Eddie? Yes, I would agree. Thank you. Well, you guys are haters. (laughs) Well, we're we're in the running bones. Amy. Whatever. Ray, all the way. I I almost chose Ray last time. I would have picked you, Lunchbox. Thank you. (laughs) You're just saying that now. (laughs) That's funny, dude. That's funny. (laughs) Liar. And we know who took the money out of Eddie's kids' wallets. Eddie. Eddie. (laughs) I mean, it's like we already know the answer. You'll never know. That's a great segment. Okay, next up. (laughs) Ray got in trouble in the gym for doing something they said was inappropriate. Here we go. Will this be a good segment? Ah, uh, clickbait, right, Lunch? <laughs> clickbait. <laughs> All right, or is it clickbait? That's next. All right, you guys voted in the segment we're going to do now. And Pick a Bit is Ray's segment where he went to the gym. Now, Eddie on Lunchbox says that Ray sent in clickbait, and it's going to be a bad segment. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But let's see. Uh, Ray, you were chosen. Let's do your segment. What happened at the gym? Yeah, so I'm back at the gym after a couple years off through the pandemic and stuff, but apparently they're really strict now, and I used to all the time. Like, I mean, I would go in the bathroom, do what I wanted. I would go into the sauna, do what I wanted. I would go lift weights. I could do whatever I wanted. I had full reign, okay? I'm out there pumping iron. I took my shirt off. (laughs) I thought it was a pretty normal thing to do, and there was this night manager. Good pick, Amy. (laughs) It is good. Keep going. And he came sprinting over to me, and he was like, you have got to put on your shirt right now. You can't take your shirt off in a gym. Like a gym where people. No. Never. I did not know that. 
in a gym where you have to pay a membership fee and other people never. are there, you never can take a shirt off. Why did I not know that? Yeah. Is it a b- b- chain? Uh, in other states, yes, but not like chain around town or anything like that. Okay. But they have new rules, and so I, I'm not a woman. I don't have breasts. I, I'm just a Well, you guy. do have breasts, but... Male but he breasts. has a chest. Yeah, a chest. But yeah. he has breasts. Pecs. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, I mean, men can have breast cancer. I guess they are uh, called breasts. Yeah. Okay. Are they? Yeah. Okay. So he, he he shut it down right away, and he goes, and actually, we have a three-strike policy, so if I see you again with your shirt off, that's two strikes. The next time, you unfortunately can't be a member here and get anymore. I'm like, oh, my gosh, for <laughs> my shirt being off? Wow. Okay, now Amy's just selling it right now because she knows. <laughs> yeah, she knows you she messed up. She picked that bit. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's that bad. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. Well, I mean, have you ever seen anyone take their shirt off at the gym? Ever. Come Never. To think of it? I guess not. <laughs> of but I didn't know it wasn't allowed. I mean, girls take it off and have on a sports bra. And he could also wear the same sports bra and he'd be fine. <laughs> So but he can't. Ray, just do that. Just put on a sports bra. Well, and news to me as well, there's also a selfie policy. So if you're caught doing a mirror selfie, because they said people could be in the background and they don't want to be posted. Wow. And they've had legal things that have gone down before, made so money off of posts and stuff. No mirror selfies at the gym? I'm like, times have changed, but yeah. Wait, so people have posted and ended up in the background, and then legally the people in the background have gotten money for that? Said something about the post or something like that, because they said we have a strict photo policy. Wow. No pictures. At all, in, in the gym at all. Exactly. Anybody cool ever work out in there? I do 2 a.m., so uh, it's usually you just me and, 2 yeah, me and the night manager. Well, then See, why won't he let you take your shirt off if nobody I else is there? No! <laughs> I'd be with my pants off if nobody else is there. <laughs> See, this story's not bad. It got a little better. Uh, yeah. It got a little better. Okay. It's like next time I'm in the shower <laughs> naked, he's going to be like, oh, where's your swimsuit? What? I can't shower naked? What has happened to the society nowadays? It got a little worse. Yeah, it got, it got a little, little worse. worse. <laughs> I mean, you should have ended when you were ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Ray. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, Pick a Bit, the segment they chose here on the show. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Tim Tebow. Always loving having Tim on the show. Tim, how's it going, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? I, I see you rocking the Arkansas sweatshirt. You know, it's 90% of my wardrobe, and it wasn't because of you, although if you'd like to take it as a personal shot, I welcome it. Um, <laughs> but it is most of my clothes, if it's not dress clothes, it's somehow got a razor back on it. So I appreciate the I like acknowledgement. It. I got no problem. Rock your school. Be proud of it. No problem whatsoever. And listen, Bobby, I know you would never take any shots at me, so I know we're better <laughs> than that. So, Of course not. Uh, Tim Tebow is on, who, by the way, the Gators lost to Arkansas a couple weeks ago in Florida. It's pretty cool. <laughs> anyway... Uh, <laughs> I was. I, I've spent a bit of time with your book. Actually, it's a, it's a wonderful read. As someone who loves motivational books, and I've actually highlighted a couple things that I wanted to bring to you. So I've made notes on pages. So excuse my fumbling. But the book is called Mission Possible: Go Create a Life That Counts. And I want to go to this called Make the Choice. And I want to read a, a section of something that I found really moving, and would like for Tim to elaborate a bit. Tim writes: Before we start dreaming about the possible, we must remind ourselves of something. Even as we lock into significance over success, the results are beyond our control. Tim, talk to me about that. What do you mean by that in like human talking terms? Well, um, first of all, thanks so, for investing so much in reading it and being uh, you know aware of everything. I really appreciate that. First of all, I find that um, that really encouraging to me. And the reason that I wrote this. Um, Bobby, is to encourage people. That's why it's literally titled Mission Possible, not Tom Cruise Mission Impossible. 
it is mission possible. And I think to give a little background of what I mean by that is is um, a few studies that have been done. One for, with people 18 to 35, over 60% of them say no one believes in them. There's no one in the world that believes them. Over 60% of young people. And uh, another third of our population say that either they're lonely all the time or most of the time. And then out of our population, they spend 12% of their daily thoughts comparing themselves with other people. So if, we're, if no one believes in us, if we're lonely all or most of the time and we're spending our, our time comparing our thoughts and, and we want to be like other people, there's no chance that we're going to actually live out the purpose, the calling, the dreams, the visions, the hopes that we have in our life. And so I wanted to write something that is going to encourage people and who they are and who they were cre created to be and what they can accomplish. And I think getting to what we're talking about is sometimes the results aren't up to us, meaning the results of I want people to dream, but listen, if you're 5'5", five five, you're probably not going to be better than LeBron James at basketball. Let's just be honest about that. But with this book, be having a mission possible life, a life that truly counts, that's possible for everyone. It's not about how equipped you are, how um, what your status is, how many followers you have, how skilled you are. It is about making the choice to be willing to love, serve, give, care, pray, and be willing to give of yourself to help other people. And I believe every single one of us can make that choice. I didn't feel that way about myself till right now. He just motivated me to believe that about myself, <laughs> talking to him in person. Yes. Um, there's another part that I read, and it was a part of the book. It was called There Is No Yet. And you talk about mm. how easy it is whenever times are good to make commitments. And I believe part of it was when you're getting married, it's easy to make the vows for sickness for sickness and death. Or whenever yeah. you've yeah. you know working on a project, it's easy to commit to it and all that. But then sometimes it gets hard. And so kind of go into that a little bit and what you meant. Well, um, that was actually, I was sharing a story to illustrate it about Jeff and Becky Davidson, um, very close friends of, of ours and ministry partners of ours. And they had been married for many years and they had a child, John Alex, who was born with severe special needs. And um, actually in taking care of both of them, both of them were in the hospital. Um, Jeff and John Alex were in the hospital and the social worker because Jeff was, was so sick. He said, you know, if Jeff survives and he goes home, how are you, to Becky, how are you going to take care of him? Like, who, who's going to take care of him? She said, I will. Like, I've been doing it for 25 years and I'm not going to stop. And, and the social worker said, well, yeah, meaning you're not going to stop yet. But when it's get, it gets hard enough, you're going to make the choice to quit. And when um, uh, Jeff was on his deathbed, the last thing that, that she said to him as he's holding, uh, she's holding his hand is, there was no yet. There was never yet. You know, there was never a moment where it's going to get too hard, where I was going to leave you. There's never a moment where things got too bleak, where, where I didn't believe in you, where love wasn't enough. And um, that was just one of the really inspirational stories in my life to be friends with them, to, to watch it up close and from afar, to be able to see what it really means to choose convictions over emotions, what it really means to say, you know what, when I'm all in, I truly mean all in. You know, we wear slogans and tags and, and phrases that we throw out all the time, especially in sports. Hey, what does it mean to be all in? Well, I can tell you for, for Becky Davidson, when she's got her husband in the hospital and her son in another hospital, and she spends her days going back and forth, and the social workers and the doctors are saying, listen, you, you, you can't do all this. She's saying, hey, there is no yet. And you know, that was such an inspiration to me to say, you know what, when I believe in something, when I say I'm all in, there better not be a yet. You know, a lot of the book highlights your relationship with Christ. 
you know, how important is that for you to not only thread that into your message, but to communicate uh, to others how important it is? Well, I think it's something that I want to communicate in my life, not just in words, but more importantly in actions and in deeds, um, but hopefully have the chance to mesh those up. And I believe that um, one of the greatest things that, that people are looking for, and it's also backed by statistics, I believe 81% of people are looking for purpose and meaning in their life. And I wanted this book to be something that could encourage people with that purpose. And I believe that every single person, Bobby, has purpose. Everything, every single person was created in love, by love, and for love. And I believe there is a great plan for their life. And I, would, I want to encourage them in that plan for their life, that they have such significance and meaning, and they were created with infinite value and worth that the God of this universe loves them enough to send his son, his best for them. I believe that gives everyone encouragement, confidence that, holy cow, like there is the God of this universe loves me, believes in me, created me this way. And when I, when someone, when a life realizes that I don't have to spend my time worrying about what the world says. I don't have to spend my time worrying about what social media says. I don't have to spend myself my time comparing myself with other people, even though it's really easy to do so, because I know what God says about me. That's more important than what anybody else says about me. Tim Tebow's on. His book is called Mission Possible, Go Create a Life That Counts. And I do think if what Tim's message is now is resonating with you, you will love the book. It is, and I say this in the most complimentary way, it's an easy read because it's understandable. Sometimes people that write books are like, they, they like to write in big fancy words and terms that you don't understand, but you didn't do that here. Like it just felt good. I felt good afterward. So congratulations on writing something, you know, uh, really substantive, Tim. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate that. Thank you for your support. And um, I really hope this book can encourage people. That's really the heart and the passion behind it. And to encourage people truly in their worth. I want to ask you a couple things that are non-book related. Um, and by the way, there's a wall here, you know, where we're, we're doing the radio show and you're so motivational and, you know, quite the inspiration to talk to that if you said, hey, Bobby, I'd like for you to run through that wall right now. Tim, I would do it. I would run through that wall right now for you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And for, and for the Razorbacks, you would do it there too. Both. Yes, both. Hey, um, do you ever see yourself, because you are such a leader and I, I pivot into this, do you ever see yourself being a leader in different areas, a CEO of a major company, a uh, in politics, a head football coach? Like, what do you think is in store for Tim Tebow in the next ten to fifteen years? Um, that's a really good question. I, I see a possibility of, of of all three. I mean, I think it's it's hard to really know exactly. I think in coaching, you have to give up so much because it's literally more than a full time job. And I think that would be really hard, even though I love the thought of it, love the thought of inspiring, encouraging and building um, a team of young men. But I mean, you have to drop everything else. And I, I love what we're doing at our foundation and so many other things. Um, I'm fortunate to be part of some different companies that we're building now. Um, you know, I really enjoy that side. And then in politics, um, I don't know if it's something that I would quite enjoy as much, to be honest. But I, I've always said I would at least be open to it if it's where I felt I could do the most good, if I could truly create the, the most amount of impact and change, um, if, if that was something that I felt was really put on my heart, then I would be open to looking at it. You know, if you go and have dinner 
in Gainesville, or let's say Florida in general, you're back in Florida, and people say, well, this guy never has to pay for a meal again in Florida. Does that ever actually happen where you're there and you're having a meal and they're like, well, the guy over at that table over there just picked up your whole meal, Mr. Tebow. Does that happen? Um, it, it's definitely happened, yes. I, I can't lie and say that it hasn't happened. <laughs> it, it, it has happened. And then do you feel the need like you have to go over? Like, did they just buy a meet and greet with you, I guess is the question. By buying your meal, do you <laughs> feel like, well, now i got to go over and spend a few time with all 12 people sitting at the table? <laughs> Honestly, I, I think uh, there's both. There's a there's sometimes where you feel the need to do that, but then there's also times where people have have uh, purchased the meal and the the waiter would not tell you who it was. They said they wanted to be anonymous. They just wanted to say thank you for um, either your ministry or foundation or night to shine or orphan care or something that was near and dear to their heart. And so they just wanted to say thank you, but they wanted to remain anonymous. And I think that's pretty cool as well. I've got two questions and one little promo that I'm going to do before this interview's over because I like this is like uh, part of the interruption where you can see what's happening on the screen so you know where I we like are. It. Here, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Here, here are the two questions. Number one, um, I had heard this that you almost went to Alabama because of your relationship with Coach Shula. Like, how close were you to actually being part of the Crimson Tide family? Literally, I was a split second away from it. I, from my sophomore year through literally the last moment when I chose Florida, Alabama was leading the entire time. I wasn't even looking at Florida. They had a different coaching staff, and I, I, they weren't even in my top 25. And then they fired that coaching staff. They brought in Urban and, and all the new guys, and I started to build this relationship. But I, I, it was so much more established with Alabama, and I love the passion, the tradition, the culture everything and then thinking about being a part of bringing Alabama back to um, you know what they once were was so exciting to me and so yes I was literally a split second away and to be honest even when I chose Florida there was a little bit of regret in my heart of did I should I have chose Alabama that's how close I was with shoot when I told coach Shula I was going to, to Florida I had tears in my eyes and mm. it's not the only time that Alabama made me cry <laughs> <laughs> And my final question for you is if you or stub your toe or hit your elbow or does a curse word ever come out of your mouth? <laughs> uh, I, I hope not. I mean, I, I mean, it's probably a, like a negative word, but then I might just say something that's like totally random, not as bad. Like fooey or yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, tater tots. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and Perfect. let me say this. Yeah. Hey, what did Tater Tots ever do to you, you know? That's, like, Tim Tebow has Mission Possible, Go Create a Life That Counts, and also uh, Bronco and Friends, A Party to Remember. That's your first book, but you're doing a second. If I'm right about this, you're doing a second in the series, right? That's coming out later on yes. uh, this year? Yes, that's right. It's coming out in just a few weeks. Okay. Well, the guy's writing more books than uh, – I don't know, Stephen King, make up an author. I don't know, uh, Judy Bloom. <laughs> he is the new Judy Bloom of books. It is Tim Tebow. Hey, that Tim, might be is... the first time anybody has compared me to Judy Bloom, but there you go. It is uh, Tim Tebow. We love him, and, uh, you know, except for when we played him. I was at the SEC championship game when Tim was a freshman, and he was the backup quarterback in Atlanta, and he did, I believe, scored on a quarterback sneak. Something, he was running a quarterback uh, package, and I hated you that, that year. And to be frank, I hated you until you graduated, but now I can't get enough of you, Tim. Well, man, I appreciate you. You're a stud. And by the way, 
I love what Arkansas is doing with Sam Pittman. I love it. I, I, I love what he's all about. So congrats on that. I think there's a lot to be excited about with Arkansas right now. Tim, good to see you. Congratulations on the books. I hope you sell so many. I think the message is awesome. Have a good day, man. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate you, man. Tell everybody hey there. All right. See you later. Here's Amy's pile of stories. So there's a couple. They each make about $175,000 a year. Okay, flex. I know. Um, But they've always kept their finances separate. So the woman wants her man to pay her to have a kid. She's asking for $50,000 in lost salary for the next six months and another fifty grand if she ends up taking a full year off. Okay, unconventional. Yeah. I think everybody's like, huh? Never heard of this. But here is, as I'm listening to her tell me this, if they have completely separate finances, why should she have to take a hit in hers because she's having a baby? I mean, this is the struggle that women have in general with having a baby and trying to work. And, and it that's where she's coming from, And it right? isn't fair. Right. Yes, Absolutely. So if they're both basing their relationship and their finances off what they can make individually, it isn't fair to her that she has to stop making money, and he doesn't. So I, I under it feels odd that this has to happen in a marriage, but if it's their relationship is based on living a life separately to build together, then her side also needs to be fueled. I don't know about the 50000 I don't know, but, but the, I, she has a point. Yeah, people online are split about it. So. Yeah. Some think that it's a fair request since they've even kept their finances separate, um, but some people are saying it just feels gross and transactional. It only feels gross because it's not how they were taught. It does feel weird, but all weird's not bad. And again, why should she have to suffer financially and he doesn't and she has to have the baby? It's not fair to her. I would say, well, that's life. <laughs> but that, but, <laughs> I mean, that's fair, but it isn't fair that a woman has to accept less because mm-hmm. she has to have the baby. It's yeah. just not that, you know... It's only life because we've said it's life. I think women should have so much more leave than they get. But why not? Well, that's life. That's life. It's not a good answer. That doesn't fix things. Yes. Yeah. That you can, we can fix. I've never heard of this. I'll probably never Ever. hear of this again. <laughs> right. Wild. But if but it works she for them. shouldn't be penalized and he continue to, if they are paying things from their separate accounts. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's what I'm saying. That's t- It's a tough one. But logic judge says she has a point. Well, when they do become parents, I hope they're ready to help with their kids' homework. I don't know how they're going to divide that up, but a new poll found that basically half of parents don't know what they're doing and their kids are better off doing their homework on their own. And parents even use bribes like, hey, you can do this. I'll give you extra time on video games. Or some parents are going straight cash, which I'm like, if you're having to pay your kid to just try to do it all on their own, you might as well put that money towards a tutor. I'm looking into hiring a Mike D's wife. To help tutor my daughter with some things that I'm not understanding. Science. Yes, yeah. that's a p- particular where we need, particularly where we need extra help, for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I might as well. I mean, they're going to waste a bunch of time trying to help her, or I can get an expert like Mike D's wife to come in, who's willing and loves to tutor and have her do it. So, is it that parents don't want to help their kids? Or they don't understand it. They enough? don't understand it. Yeah. And then it's like they're making matters worse. So you just said you don't understand science. Yes. For your daughter, any math issues? She's good at math. So you don't have to. Okay. So it doesn't matter if you don't know because she does. Yeah. Eddie, you? Oh, I tried one time to help him with math and I thought I nailed it and he came back with an F. (laughs) Last time I helped him with homework. Yeah. I mean, I'd say Eddie falls into that 50%. And it was, they were all the right answers, but how I got there and showed him to get there was not the way the teacher taught it. So 
I failed. He didn't write, my dad Googled it? <laughs> no, he didn't write that. All right, Amy, what else? So I have some dollyisms that are actually good to just keep in your back pocket when you need encouragement. Like, it's hard to be a diamond in a rhinestone world, which means why blend in when standing out is so much more fun? One of my favorites is when she said, I know I'm not dumb and I know I'm not blonde. And basically that means... You know who you are, so who cares what other people think about you? And the joke was, too, that she's not really blonde. Right, yes. I love joke that. There that. And I'm- then another, it costs a lot of money to look this cheap. <laughs> what she means there is all that matters is being yourself and feeling great about it. And- I didn't take that from that joke. I thought it was a literal joke. Like, it costs a lot of money to look this <laughs> Like, she has a aesthetic that some people would go like, oh, she kind of looks. Uh-huh. Dolly put this up herself with the explanation. Wow. Um, find not what I took from it is my point. Yeah, find out who you are and do it on purpose. And from that, she means learn from your experiences and then live the life that you want to live. All right. There you go. I'm Amy. That's my pile. That was Amy's pile of stories. It's time for the good news. With Amy. Tell me something good. So at 95 years old, Sam Baker was encouraged to buy a computer by his son. And as he started working on it, he's like, you know what? I've always wanted to write a children's book. So he wrote one. Then another, like a year and a half go by, he writes another book. And now this year, Sam is working on his third book at 99 years old about the adventure of Oscar the Mouse. And his books get good reviews, but he's not in it for the money. He just wants to encourage kids to read. Huh. And never give up your dreams to old people. Yeah. Yes, because like, this old. is something he's always wanted to do, but back or in 19— 19- never give up your dreams at any age. You can be 40 and go, I can't do that. It's for mm-hmm. a young person. No, the, there is no age limit on what you can do and what you can achieve. Except professional sports. Yeah. yeah. Let hard. me think about this. Let's think. Let's think. Hmm. Football. There was the one player who was like 40 and went back to college. And played college ball. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, that's not bad. A Forty years ago. Yeah, that's pretty fun. He didn't do much. He's a little old. <laughs> <laughs> He's about half but, step too so, slow. Yeah, but yeah. But I like that. Never stop chasing your dreams. As as someone who's older. Let ninety nine year old Sam Baker be your inspiration. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's what it's all about. That was tell me something good. Yes, Bones. That is the end of part one of the show. We loaded this up earlier than normal. Soon. Part two will exist and be right on this little stream, and we hope you listen to it as well. And some days there's even a post show. Some days there are three different shows in your feed. Don't thank us. Ah, we're thanked already enough. (laughs) Uh, Okay, part two will be coming soon, or maybe it's already up. Go check it out. Bobby Bones. The Bobby Bones Show. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. 
And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 